At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. It is Live Bet Sunday presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Will Hill alongside as well. We've got a good show on tap for you today. We've got a lot to go over. We have golf. We've got college hoops. We can get back to the association as well. There is plenty of action on this Sunday. But, Will, good morning, buddy. What's up? JVT, two days in a row for us. You haven't requested a trade. You haven't uh, forced me out. So we got uh, we got three hours. Hopefully we can find some winners together. If I were to request a trade, I feel like that would be the equivalent of, at this point, I don't know, what are we thinking? Like Ben Simmons requesting a trade. I don't know if there's much value oh, there. No. I don't know if I there's much. Go uh, at least Jake. I was going to go at least Jay Crowder. There you go. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm worth uh, like five second-round picks. Somebody sees some value in me. I, can, I like it. Uh, in other words, I don't have that much sway. Anyway, uh, well, let's get the day started with the game that we're about to see tip off here over in the American. And get your thoughts really quick if you have any. Cincinnati on the road against UCF is the contest we are going to see here. UCF going to close as about a three-and-a-half-point favorite total of 140-and-a-half. Cincinnati coming in, uh, I would say, off of a uh, somewhat disappointing loss on the road against East Carolina, a 75-71 loss there. So now they uh, have their third road game in four contests against UCF. An interesting matchup, nonetheless. UCF had uh, gotten off to a good start of the season, but at one point had lost five straight, and I think it's, what, six out of eight now for UCF that they have lost coming in off of a game against Memphis. Did you have anything here? As It looks like we're going to close three and a half, 140 and a half at MGM. Uh, I lean UCF. I didn't play it. I was looking at the the last time, the first time these two teams played. UCF turned the ball over on one third of their possessions, but yeah. when they were able to not turn it over, they actually got some some good looks. They shot ten to twenty five from three. That's on the road. So 
Uh, I would think UCF, if they could clean up some of the turnovers, gets it done. I'm not crazy about laying the three and a half, but if I had to play it, I would uh, I'd probably lay the points here. Yeah, UCF coming into this game, 296th in the country in offensive turnover rate. They have turned it over on 20.2% of their offensive possessions so far. And no real interior presence for UCF either. 259th in the country in free throw rate and uh, 302nd in the country in two-point percentage. So they're not really getting it done on the interior UCF. So we'll keep an eye on this one. It's the uh, first of the... Um, slate that we're going to get in the morning we do get a couple of games that are going to tip off in an hour which we'll get to momentarily also wanted to update as um we do have some golfers out there on the course right now tiger is through two right now over at the uh, genesis good weekend for tiger uh, he is four under for the tournament he just parred number two here will now well i bring this up because that's really the only interesting storyline we have at this point right now john rom is a three dollar favorite to win this thing uh because he absolutely dominated the course yesterday he has a three-stroke lead on the pack Minus $3 for Rom. Hard to see uh, him really dropping this thing at any point, given how well he has played. But I think Tiger's the lone story that we're tracking throughout the day as Rom has this commanding lead. Rom is pretty good at golf, it turns out. He's yeah. a he's a, a fairly decent golfer. Um, Home is the guy that, to me, is interesting. And I think you're starting to see some of his numbers move on the Masters, the U.S. Open, people trying to get out ahead of it with you know him playing well th- this last month or so. He's looked like a top five or ten player in the world. And people figuring, you know what? Yeah, eventually that's going to carry over to the majors. So I think you're seeing some of those uh, futures in terms of the Masters, the U.S. Open, maybe the PGA move from like that 50 to one range down into like that 30 to one range where people just trying to get ahead of the number, which I can understand. Yeah, Rex Hoggart's going to be with us in the next hour, 10:30 a.m. Pacific time. We get his thoughts on that. Rex, of course, writer over at the Golf Channel. So as we head over into the East Coast swing for the PGA Tour, Honda Classics coming up this coming weekend. Uh, that is, I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Uh, Honda is actually one of my favorite tournaments, or uh, you know, on the uh, on the PGA Tour because it was one of the first golf uh, wagers that I had won, like a, a entire tournament future. I think it was um, who was it? Uh, Justin Thomas, like what, like four or five years ago? It was the first time I had had actually hit like a full golf future. Will I was very happy. So it's one of my favorites now. It's also a good course and a good tournament. There's nothing like your first. Yeah, hitting those outrights, it's, uh, that's a hell of a feeling. You always remember the golfer. You always remember it. It's a hell of a sweat. It's never you know, too easy. So that's a great feeling when you hit those futures. And, yeah, looking ahead to the uh, – to the Honda, it's not a great field, so no. maybe that uh, maybe that makes it you know easier to find some value. You see uh, see a longer shot maybe come through. I think Sepp Straka won it last year, so uh, who knows? But it's it's not the strongest field as we look ahead next week. Now, I wanted to note one thing from yesterday as well before we move on to look a, a lot more at what we're going to see later today. Did you watch any of the XFL yesterday, or did you just check the box scores like me? Didn't I? Don't think I watched the snap. I was flipping around if I if I. Went by it. It was very briefly. I don't think I watched much of it, to be honest. The XFL, or as The Rock told us, the Intersections of Dreams and Opportunity Football League. That's what he says the X stands for. Um, the only thing I wanted to note in the XFL from yesterday, Arlington wins 22-20, to 20, Will. Houston wins 33-12. to 12. That is two games to go over the total. Yeah. So we had two games, right? And those totals were in the range of 35.5-36.5. Both games later today, we've seen a very slight bump. Both totals are now up to 37 but I'm very interested to see, like we talked about, right? The one thing for me that stuck out when we were looking at these games was these are pretty low totals in a league whose rules are set up for offense and a league that wants that offense. I'm very interested to see if maybe, yes, like like the continuity hasn't been there. We talked about that a lot, right? These guys didn't really get a lot of practice together. Like I do wonder if, as we look at these next two games, if these next two games go over the total and if that's going to be the case, what the adjustment's going to be for next weekend. But the observation we were both talking about yesterday, right? Low totals, turns out they were pretty low because both games went over. 
right? And I think the trend, and you see this with any trend, anytime a trend becomes too public, it yeah. almost gets over, uh, you know, inflated. There becomes a tax on it. And there was this trend that these new leagues early on unders hit. So they really built in that angle into these numbers and, and both games went over. And um, yeah, I guess some of the rules, I, I probably should have done a better job studying this, although I wasn't betting it. So, um, you know, it wasn't something at the top of my mind. But I guess anytime a punt or a kickoff goes into the end zone, it comes out at the 35. So I guess there's some other rules that favor the offense, which mm-hmm. I can understand. People don't want to turn on these games and, and teams they never heard of, players they never heard of for the most part and watch, you know, a 17-13 game. They want to see offense. They want to see scoring. They want to see people in the stands. I think that's what, you know, the uh, the USFL, which got no buzz last spring, I think they made that mistake where you turn the game on. Nobody's scoring. There's nobody in the stands. People, they at least want to be entertained and see some some high-scoring games. So, yeah, I would probably, if I were going to bet these games today, I'd probably go with the over. I'm not sure they've adjusted enough. Yeah, that's probably the AAF, right? Like, we, we, they, we were getting those games, and they were like 13 to, not even 13-10. They were like 13-8 rock fights. They were really low-scoring and poor football, and at the very least with the XFL. Uh, again, the intersections of what dreams and hopes or whatever the rock said that the X stood for. Um at least you're going to get some sort of offense that is pushed forward by the rules that are set up for them. So it does seem like that's going to be the case. We'll see what these next two games have in store for us. Uh, the first game is going to kick off at noon, St. Louis and San Antonio. So with that, you've got a couple of bets in pocket. Let's get to some of those because I'm going to give you the floor for that. And let's go to the Big Ten first because we do get uh, a Big Ten matchup coming up in an hour, which we'll get to momentarily. But coming up a little bit later in the day, we do have Maryland and Nebraska. Not the sexiest Big Ten matchup that's going to be on the schedule, but Maryland a five-point favorite at home with a total of 136. Or excuse me, on the road with a total of 136. Yeah, and and you said the key couple of words there, on the road. This team has been completely different on the road versus at home. I gave them out against Purdue at home the other day, and they, they beat Purdue. They beat them comfortably. They just – that success hasn't translated to uh, to the road for whatever reason. There were some six-and-a-halves out there. Uh, five-and-a-half, boy, if it's four-and-a-half now, you're cutting it close because Maryland is clearly the better basketball team. Um, I'm just playing it based on the fact that Maryland, to be laying points on the road, is something that I want to fade. Nebraska had a nice win against Rutgers. They've had a few right. of these in this last year where, boy, they're a strange team. They'll, they'll come up with some monster upsets. They just can't do it consistently. But I'll take Nebraska here plus the four and a half. So and when it comes to your handicapping angle, I know a lot of folks will play the the comeback here for a team like Nebraska. Going on the road, beating Rutgers in a really strong home environment, now coming back home. I know handicappers will play against that angle, but that's not something that enters the equation for you here? It does. I thought about it to me. You know, it's not even about Nebraska. It's more about just fading Maryland on the road. They've been so bad on the road in Tulay. You know, it's six and a half. I mean, to go from six and a half to four and a half is a huge, you know, movement. I got I got six this morning. Uh, you know, five and a half would be okay. Four and a half, probably cutting it close. I would probably like a little more here. I don't know. Of course, shop around, get the best number. But to me, it's really just a fade here of Maryland on the road where they haven't. It's amazing. These teams, they just, they put, they're so different home and away. You wouldn't think it makes that much of a difference. But a lot of these teams, man, it's just, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Let's go to Iowa then. The uh, Big Ten has a big day today. Iowa has a pretty big matchup. Northwestern, they are on the road. The Hawkeyes are. And this is a Hawkeyes team that's won five out of six games. The lone blemish was a loss to Purdue. It was a relatively comfortable loss. Lost by 14 on the road. They're laying one and a half against Northwestern. You talk about weird results and weird teams. I don't I mean, Northwestern's been playing some pretty good basketball. I didn't expect them to be uh, a top like 50, 60 team in the country. That's exactly what they are. Ken Palm's got them 46 right now. Coming off of a win over Indiana, they've won four straight and amongst those, a big win at home against Purdue. Yeah, I wonder if they won this game if they'd be ranked tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, yeah. with, with these high-profile wins, it's not impossible for a team like a program like Northwestern to have an opportunity to be ranked is a, is a huge deal. I actually like Iowa. You know, I hate playing these road teams, but I'm going to do it here. I just think they have some major matchup advantages. Iowa 
does a really good job taking care of the basketball. And these teams played a few weeks ago, and it was tied at the half. Iowa went by them like they were standing still in the second half. Iowa scored 47 points in the second half alone against Northwestern. I mean, think about it. That's basically scoring every trip down. To, to be on pace to score 100 in a college basketball game for a half, you basically have to score every possession. That's just extremely efficient on offense. So I think that's something where, hey, if you're Northwestern, just going home and, and having a different venue is not going to fix that. I think Iowa gets it done here. I hate laying these road favorites. But I'll take it here with the Hawkeyes. Interesting scheduling spot too, right? Because this is their third consecutive home game, but it's also their, I think it's their third game, third game in a week, right? So they've played three in the last seven days. This will be their third one for a college basketball program. I don't know. That yeah. seems like even though you've been at home will for three consecutive games, your third game in seven days might be a little bit taxing for these kids. Especially when you're bringing the home run effort. I mean, they yep. beat Purdue on Super Bowl Sunday a week ago. Then they have an up. Uh, a high-profile win against Indiana, who was playing extremely well, and now to do it three weeks in a row—I mean, it's just—it's hard to get that great effort that your eight-plus game uh, that many times in such a short period of time. Yeah, the stretch of the schedule for North, uh, Northwestern is pretty fascinating. You get this one, then you get matchups against Illinois, Maryland, Penn State, and Rutgers, three of which are going to be on the road. So a very ho- a road-heavy schedule for Northwestern as they head into the Big Ten tournament, but still plenty of time there. All right, we'll get to the rest of your best bets, and actually, when we come back, we can break down one of them that we're going to see come up in about an hour or so. North Carolina, uh, they're hitting the road, take on NC State. Tar Heels have lost four out of five. Can they bounce back on the road against uh, NC State, which looks like it's going to be a high-scoring and high-flying affair. So we'll get Will's breakdown on that, where the number is, is NC State currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite total of 154-and-a-half. We have plenty left to get to. We're underway between UCF and Cincinnati as well. We'll keep track of this throughout the first hour. UCF with an early 10-7 lead over the Bearcats. 15-41 left to go in the first. Don't go anywhere. It's Live Bet Sunday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. 
Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you make your next bet, I know your finger is hovering over the button. Make sure you visit vsin.com. Check the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting splits update, uh, updated every 10 minutes with DraftKings odds. So you can see changes and all the action. You find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way Visa is here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check it out today. Betting splits for every game. Today, tomorrow, the next day, the future, over at vsin.com. All right, William Hill is with us again today. It's always nice having Will around. It's been a good couple of hours, although you can ruin it over the next, you know, uh, what, two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, for sure. So uh, we will quicker see. than that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's talk a little bit about some college hoops games that are going to get started in either an hour from now or a little bit later. You and I were actually discussing a pretty interesting um, group of five matchup later in the Mountain West. UNLV is going to be taking on Boise State. We'll get to that maybe later in the program. Not the highest profile of contests that we will see on this Sunday. So let's go to that ACC matchup that I tease. North Carolina, NC State. NC State, two-point favorite, total 154.5. So what do you do with this matchup? I mentioned the um, slump that uh, North Carolina has been on entering this matchup. Are we going to finally see the Tar Heels find some momentum much like they did last year? A team that everybody was talking about, like, hey, do we blow this thing out? Like, this is this seems like a nightmare. Makes the run that we all know that they did. Started about this time of year, right? Does North Carolina have it in them? Or is this something where I think we all kind of overvalued what was just lightning in a bottle for a team at the end of the season last year? I think it's the latter. I think yeah. it was a Bill Parcells expression. If they don't bite, bite as a puppy, they never bite. And man, it, I mean, we're almost, we're three weeks from selection Sunday here. Like at some point you, you can't just flip on the switch. Um, I like NC state in this matchup. I don't like the way North Carolina defends. Now NC state's no great defensive team either. Mm-hmm. I, you see that total, uh, they're telling you what they're expecting here. A lot of points from both teams winner, maybe, you know, high seventies, low eighties. It's going to be a high flying game. Should be fun to watch. I like NC state's guard play. I like the fact that they're at home. Uh, UNC has just got a couple of dead spots on offense where they're basically they're playing a couple of non-shooters. Where they can't shoot. Yeah, I was going to say, they can't shoot at all. Tough. That's tough. And when you can't shoot and you can't defend, that's a recipe for losing four out of five. And I think they would make history if they didn't make the tournament. First AP number one to miss the tournament, which you think about it, I think, wow, that's never happened before. But but usually it's a chalk sport. If you're number one, you usually don't fall all the way to where, where you miss the tournament altogether because um, it's usually blue bloods that you know are, are one injury away won't won't kill you. So it's very unusual for a team to be this highly ranked uh, to, to be in danger of missing the tournament. But I kind of 
are thinking they're going to. I think they'll lose today, and they just don't really have a tournament resume. I like NC State in this game. Yeah, I can't disagree. I'll say, I guess, if I'm going to play devil's advocate for North Carolina, the one thing that NC State has an issue defensively themselves, especially once they've gotten into the conference play, uh, they foul a lot. They're 15th in the ACC in defensive foul rate, put a lot of opponents on the free throw line. And and North Carolina, to their credit, will can't shoot but they will get to the free throw line. They're second best team in terms of getting to the free throw line in conference play so far this season. So that I think is like the case that you're making here, but to your overall point, you're a defense that doesn't force turnovers, taking on an offense that doesn't turn the ball over. You're a defense or excuse me, an offense that can't shoot, taking on a good perimeter defense. Like it does not seem like it is the best matchup for NC state. So as you mentioned, Two and a half here on this current number right now in favor of NC State. Opened up on the overnight one and a half. And not a surprise either. I don't think this surprised you either. Uh, total 152 up to 155. Yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. I don't know that I want to play the over 155, but I don't want to play the under either. I yeah. think we'll, we'll see a lot of points here. And you know, If you're NC State, don't foul them. Don't you know, just clean up the offensive glass. I can't give them second opportunities. But to me, this is a game NC State should win here. Yeah, this is uh, two, two matchups or two teams that match up here, top 70 in terms of pace so far this season, according to Ken Palm. All right, let's move on to the next matchup in college hoops. Ohio State at number three, Purdue. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Current number on the board, Purdue, a 12-point favorite, total 138.5. What do we make of the Boilers at home here against the uh, Ohio State team that uh, I would say, is it putting it lightly, has had a rough go of it in Big Ten play? An Ohio State team that might be looking for a new coach here in a few weeks. you know, they've just been everybody's sort of get right spot here. I don't know. You know Purdue, they haven't played great in conference play. They, we've seen some flaws with their backcourt. If you press them, they can turn it over. I mean, Edie, he's obviously a tremendous college player. Mm-hmm. You would think Purdue, this is a spot where they can sort of, you know, take it out on somebody. They've had a bunch of losses. They're not a bunch of losses, but they, they've shown some flaws. They haven't looked as dominant as, as they did in the first uh, portion of the season. You figure this is a spot where Purdue blows them out. Uh, you never know what these teams like Ohio State are. They just completely dead. They're out of it. They give up on the season. Or sometimes these teams, you know what? The, once they're this bad, the pressure's off and they'll throw in a decent game at you. You figure Edie will get to the foul line. You figure Purdue will kill him on the offensive glass. So I would lean towards a Purdue blowout. But just, man, laying 12, 12 and a half in a conference game is a lot. But I, that's probably the way I would lean. I, I don't have a play on it, though. Yeah, I think Purdue, what are we talking about now in terms of ATS, at least, Will? I think we're in the range of like, I think like, They've got five covers in their last 20 or six, something like that. They've like been they've, a fade. Yeah, yeah, they've been a fade. Well, and that speaks to, like you mentioned, the, the flaws have been shown a little bit here. They have lost three out of the last four, but I think more like when it comes to the ATS number, we get like this all the time with these really good teams, right? Their power rating just gets way too bloated, and it just the market it overvalues what this team is, and so it's hard to cover some big numbers, and now you're starting to lose some of these games outright. Uh, but, again, you talk about the situation and the opponent that you're facing. Uh, Ohio State, <laughs> what we have seen from the Buckeyes um, in conference play has not been good, specifically on defense, where they've got nothing. And one of the big issues that Ohio State has, they can't really rebound, and they can't keep teams off the offensive glass. It's been really bad, and I think that's probably – I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not something you want against Purdue in terms of being able to – or enable – to keep teams off the offensive glass. So we'll see if uh, this number closes any higher right now. It's up to 13 total of 138 and a half at a uh, multiple spots. So that total has come down, but a little bit of a bump in favor of Purdue next up Memphis on the road against number two, Houston. Uh, this one is going to be a really interesting matchup. Houston, of course, many people think best team in the country. Ken Palm and other handicappers have them rated as the best team in the country. Uh, what do you make of this matchup here with Memphis? This is the first of the two. They're going to play each other pretty frequently here down the stretch. Uh, and I, we always go back to, 
this with Houston, right? Defense has been incredible. The rebounding is absolutely tremendous. Number one in offensive and defensive efficiency in American play. Like the only flaw that you have on their resume statistically, Will, is that they just don't get to the free throw line that much. What do we know about Kendrick Davis? Because he's hurt. He's the Memphis point guard. He's a tremendous player. He was conference player of the year last year. Um, he got hurt in the game. Was it a few nights ago? And once he went out, man, they've turned the ball. I think they had a stretch where they turned the ball over 10 out of 12 trips. They basically couldn't get a shot off for long stretches of the game. Uh, if if he doesn't play, and I, I don't know if we have clarity on his situation, if he doesn't play against Houston, uh, I think they're going to run out of the building. So I would look to lay it. If he plays and if, and if he's 100%, again, you never know when these guys, just because they're playing, if they're playing hurt, uh, it, it's almost it's not as you know it's not like you're getting him at 100 percent. so to me this is all about davis if he if memphis is going to be competitive they need davis they need him to be healthy and effective without him i think this one gets ugly davis did practice on friday uh no yeah. uh, no update as of now game time decision is uh we'll call it the official designation for davis so uh, and we'll see if maybe that also as we're kind of waiting we can just keep monitor of the uh, market and that'll probably tell us whether or not he's right. going to be in here uh, at this point right now, again, we mentioned 13 and a half up to 14 right now. And uh, 114 just popped pretty recently. So maybe that is an indication, at least what the market thinks here, of what's going to happen. But uh, if at full strength, maybe down the road, if Davis is going to be healthy, this will be a matchup worth keeping an eye on. All right, let's take uh, really quickly, because you and I were both uh, talking about this game uh, off the air. Might as well uh, hit it before we get out of here. Uh, did you have interest in Boise State later today against UNLV? Boise State is a, a seven and a half point favorite. The totals ticked up 140 and a half on the overnight to 142. Uh, I, th- I think this uh, UNLV squad is at a point where probably worth playing against. Want to check the status of Luis Rodriguez, uh, their starter. Really good wing. He's a solid defensive piece, helps with their switching defense. Not a great shooter, but a guy who brings a lot of energy is somewhat important to what they do. But he's not one that I think would really move a number in a massive way. Uh, but you and I were talking about this off the air. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is your area of expertise, so I'll lean on you a little bit. But the, I think the number's getting away from me a little bit. There were some sevens this morning. Yep. Obviously, seven, seven and a half is a key number. But, boy, UNLV just doesn't have a lot of answers defensively, it, it would seem, for Shaver. Uh, I would think Boise would be able to probably pull away and win this game by double digits. So I'd probably look towards laying the points. That's I, I don't love laying that many points in a conference game. It's just my nature, you know, right or wrong, to take the points in a lot of these spots. But uh, this is one where I'd probably lean towards the favorite here. And I, I think Boise probably wins. This is, I think, a, a standalone game here Sunday night so maybe this is a a little bit of a chase spot uh, you know end of the week for people so yeah uh, maybe this line creeps up even more people generally you know flock towards the favorite in these standalone games so if you like Boise maybe grab it now I would lean towards Boise here I'd agree with that analysis overall too and I think when you're talking about UNLV the problem is uh, one they start to get injured two they're a small team will and you can play small if you can shoot you can't shoot so that's the other part about it is it's a really undersized team that's trying to deal with that and the way that they have built this squad and they haven't been able to do it. And this is for people who have not watched Boise State. Um, this is a big Boise State team, at least in terms of the bodies they have. You mentioned Shavers, their lead guard. He's 6'2". He's an awesome scorer. But outside of that, Degenhart, Agbo, like Rice, they have a bunch of dudes who are Najee Smith, a bunch of guys who are in the range of like 6'7 to 6'8 and just like 230 to 240, just a big bodied wings. And that's the way Rice plays it. And I think it's going to be a pretty big matchup problem here. So I'd agree with that assessment too. Late today, seven and a half to sit around and wait. If you want to take UNLV, you'll probably get a little bit of a better number given the way the market's moving at this point right now. But a good, nice little, uh, like nice little nightcap on a Sunday where there's not much going on late tonight. So are you going to stay up for it? What time is that over there for you? Nine? I think it's 9 Eastern. I'll probably watch some of it. Why not? Nothing right, else cool. on. I like it. All right, we'll come back. Michael Calabrese is going to join us next. Get his thoughts on what he sees in the college card later today. If he's got anything on the other matches that we haven't hit on yet, we haven't gotten to Will, or at least every single one of Will's best bets. And we have a little bit of a recap from the All-Star Saturday. 
Man, tough beat for our boy, Buddy Heald, huh? Tough. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, VEASAN experts got you covered. Remember, NBA or the uh, NFL draft's coming up soon, too. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Your tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, and our betting guides. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Only $9.99 gets you in VSIN.com slash subscribe. Welcome in, Jonathan Von Tobel. It's William Hill here on Live Bet Sunday. Nice enough to give us some time today, Mac Calabrese. Of course, you can follow him up on Twitter at East Breeze, B-R-E-S-E, college basketball analyst uh, over at the Action Network. So I actually wanted to start with something you were talking about off the air, Michael. So you were mentioning that a bunch of people were up in arms about you know the top 16 that were getting unveiled. We do this now in college basketball, just like we do the college football playoff rankings every week in college football. We were actually talking about this yesterday. Our thing was, screw the top 16, unveil the bubble. Right, because I feel like that's more intriguing for everybody, and the fire it would light under some of these teams who find themselves right next four out, first four out. I think that's way more interesting than the top sixteen of these teams who are safely in. Who cares what your seed is? I want to find out who's in danger. I totally agree with you. I think that's where the true battles are going to play out in the last you know three weeks leading up to Selection Sunday. And some of these top teams, it's nitpicking. You know, are you a two seed, but do you get to play in the region that's geographically desirable? That'll just shake out the way that it should probably down the stretch. You look at teams like UCLA and Arizona vying for the two seed out West. That'll probably be played out on the court in the Pac-12 tournament. So I agree being able to compare resumes, doing blind resume comparisons. I think that's more interesting. Although for the casual fan that, you know, is coming out of their Super Bowl hangover, this is kind of an educational period. It's like, wait, who's good? Who's in the the top 10? Give me a, a kind of a primer on college basketball right now. Michael, always a little bit of a thinner slate on these Sundays compared to the Saturdays. Uh, one game you're looking at, Northwestern, Iowa. Boy, I, it's dangerous laying points on the road in really any of these games. So uh, Northwestern here off coming off a, a couple of big wins. Iowa ran away with the game in the second half last time. What are you looking at here, Northwestern and Iowa? Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, Northwestern, it's it's no surprise that they're the least sexy team in the Big Ten. But to have this much disrespect put on them coming off of home wins against Purdue and Indiana. And Ken Palm loves them on the defensive end, and, and I do as well. They're 28th in defensive efficiency up against an Iowa team that historically has not performed well on the road under Fran McCaffrey since 2010. But even this year in particular, they're three and five against the closing number uh, on the road, leaving Iowa City. And they're one and three straight up in their last four Big Ten road games, the only win coming at Minnesota. So I'm surprised for an Iowa team that's so dependent on the three-point shot, and they need Chris Murray to play really well to be able to win a game like this convincingly. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Wildcats here. I'm surprised that the number is where it is currently. All right, let's go to the ACC. North Carolina on the road against NC State. We've seen a little movement here, side in total, one and a half up to two and a half, and a total that's been bet up three points from the overnight of 152 to 155. What do you got? So North Carolina, I think, is getting the benefit of the doubt in the same way that an NBA team gets the benefit of the doubt, where it's, oh, they'll turn it on in the playoffs. They'll turn it on in a seven-game series. North Carolina doesn't have that luxury, 
And at this point, with so many games on their resume, I think we know who they are. They're a team that can't shoot from three-point range. They're 326 at 30.8% from long range this year. They haven't dominated on the glass, and a big part of that is Armando Baycott playing through injury. You've seen him limp off multiple games this year. He's just not as bouncy and dynamic as he was during their run to the national title game last year. And defensively, they're not disruptive. They don't turn you over at all. And NC State, on the other side of things, they're second in the ACC in turnover margin at plus 3.6 per game. So they're giving themselves extra opportunities. And from a team basketball perspective, I love the Wolfpack. They have four scorers who average north of 12 points per game. Smith and Joyner out of their backcourt can go big on any given night. And DJ Burns, the transfer from Winthrop, he's running really hot right now, averaging 19 points per game and six and a half boards in his last six. So NC State, I think, is the only play that you can go with here because North Carolina in the last, we'll call it three weeks, has just not been impressive. And that loss at home against Miami, I think, may be white flag time for them, a team that is going to be in an unfamiliar position come Selection Sunday waiting for an at-large bid on the bubble. Another Big Ten game, Purdue-Ohio State. Is this a chance for Purdue to flex its muscles and sort of get back on track? Or is Ohio State, do they have a scrappy effort in, in them today? You know, 12.5 is a big number in conference. What are you looking at in this game? 12.5 is a big number for a Purdue team that's 220th in three-point shooting. So in terms of throwing haymakers, they don't do that all that often. And they play very slow. Other than Wisconsin, they're the slowest team in the Big Ten, 341st in possessions per game. Now, Edie leads the way nationally in player efficiency. But overall, offensively, if he's not playing at an elite level, it's difficult for the Boilermakers to cover double-digit spreads. I think that this this line is out of whack. Also considering that Ohio State took them down to the wire, it was a two-point road win for Purdue last time these two teams met. And I understand that Ohio State's gone in absolutely the opposite direction. But when you dig deep into that game, a two-point final differential, Purdue made 13 threes in that game. That should be a game that they should have run away with. And Ohio State only got to the foul line for seven foul attempts. So when you put those two factors together, I think I'm going to lean Ohio State on this one. They're going to need Bryce Sensabaugh to be special, and he hasn't been really in the past month. Their offense in general has been stuck in the mud, but 12 and a half, I think, is just too rich. All right, American, status of Kendrick Davis is unknown. I mean, the vibe is that maybe he's not playing here for Memphis. So what do we make of this matchup, and how much is he worth if he plays? And if he doesn't, where does this number end up? If he doesn't play, I think this will bubble up by about another two, two and a half points. I think they're dead in the water. If he does play, I think I think Memphis is a live dog in this game. Unfortunately, at this point, the way the college basketball works, we won't know until warm-up. So you want to go ahead and keep your money on the sideline. This is not something that you want to just kind of throw a dart and hope that he plays, considering that he was on crutches recently. Yeah. I'll go ahead and, and wait until the, the closing moments before tip-off. Last year, we mentioned UNC. They were like 100 to 1, you know, at some points. They get to the national title game. They have a 15 point lead or so at half. Doesn't mean it's going to happen every year, but if you had to circle a team that's sort of off the radar that can make a run, who would you be looking at? I think it's a little bit of cheating just because of how well they played in the last month, but they weren't mentioned in the top four seeds of the committee's rankings, those top 16 rankings that came out yesterday. I'll go with Creighton. Creighton, to me, has the backcourt, they, the three headed monster there with Alexander, Shireman. Um, and then also having Kalkbrenner, someone who gives them size in the paint. The fact that he's healthy, I think they're kind of a matchup nightmare. They can bomb away from three. They can also, they're also coming out of a conference that has them battle tested. So if they end up on the five or six line, I think that's a team that can make a run all the way to the final four. And you can still get them out in the market 30, 35 to one. This is the year to really start piling up those teams in the 25 to 75 to one range yeah. to win the national title. Because when you look at all the upheaval at the top of the AP poll, at this point in the season, 
we've already had more losses by the AP number one team than any season in the past 70 years. And here we are on February 19th. There's probably going to be more losses. There'll probably be more losses to unranked teams. So when you look at that, you look at the Alabamas of the world, they've proven that they can get knocked around by Oklahoma playing away from home. You look at Houston losing to Temple as well. The only team that's at the top that has not lost to an unranked team is Kansas. And I'm not blown away comparing you know, apples to apples for their national title team last year. I think they're probably a player away on the perimeter from being my pick to win the national title. So why not go ahead and grab St. Mary's, Marquette, Creighton, K-State. These teams, if everything goes right, can put together four or five wins and get to the final four or the title game. And at these numbers, I think it's attractive and it makes a lot of sense from a portfolio building basis. So along the same vein, this might be a difficult question to answer then. If we're looking at some of these teams inside of 20 to 1, that would give you Baylor, Tennessee, UCLA, Kansas, Arizona, Purdue, Alabama, Houston. Which of those would you think is the most fraudulent? I feel like it's really easy to point it like a Tennessee, uh, especially after a performance from yesterday. But is there another team that you think might be the most overvalued and headed for an early exit in the NCAA tournament once we get there? I still think Tennessee is overvalued. Their defense is just not quite elite enough to make up for the lulls that they go through offensively. And if they get paired up, I've been you know talking on my podcast for the past month about some of the mid-majors to watch. If they caught like a 14 or a 15 seed in Youngstown State who averages 83 points per game, they absolutely could get run off the court. Because if they fall behind, and you saw it against Kentucky in their last game, when they're down 15, it may as well be 50 because they just don't have the firepower and tempo to to really push it up and you know create those those comeback moments. So Tennessee, I still think is overvalued in the market. If they dropped into the 30 or 40 to one range, closer to let's say 20 in the AP poll, then I think they're properly rated. But at this point, it just speaks to the lack of quality at the very top. So I, I kind of feel for the pollsters. You got to put somebody in there, and that's why Tennessee's kind of been hanging out as a fraud in the AP top 10 for most of the season. Michael, uh, we got 60 seconds. Will you got something left? No, I was just going to say, when the brackets come out, do you have anybody in mind that you're looking to fade? Maybe it's Tennessee, maybe it's somebody else, somebody at the top? Arizona as well. I, I'm concerned with Arizona's guard play. You know, at the beginning of the season, particularly in the Maui Classic, it looked like Creasa was going to be that guy to give them balance on the perimeter because their inside play is so special. Balo and Tubelis are both ranked in the top 25 in player efficiency. But you saw this, you know, kind of rear its head in the last few games. When Tubelis gets in foul trouble, all of a sudden, that offense kind of grinds to a halt a little bit, and they just don't have the sharpshooters on the perimeter to rely upon. So Arizona, matchup dependent, I could see them going out in the first weekend. Michael, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time. Good luck today. See you, Michael. Thanks a lot, guys. Calabrese, uh, you can follow him over on Twitter at East Breeze, B-R-E-S-E, college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network. We'll take our break here, recap a little bit of what we saw last night. Not a lot to recap in the NBA All-Star break, but... There's a little bit to go over in the awards markets. There's a couple of these awards. I'm telling you, Will, they're mispriced. The wrong guy being favored in one key market. We'll tell you who that is coming back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. 
I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention BetMGM customers. You got a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Roars issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. I sent a uh, I sent an invite to my wife, and she uh, she has yet to accept it. So I guess my wife and I are not friends. We're married, but we're not friends. No, she's my best buddy. Uh, all right. William Hill is here on this live bet Sunday. You know, we can. I don't want to. I don't want to waste time. We were having a good conversation off the air about some of these awards, so I want to bring this on the air about the NBA awards markets. We'll just say that Buddy Heald, uh, that stunk. Uh, should have won it. That well, I should have won it. You hit one of those like what are they? Starry balls. Just give me one of those starry balls, bro, and we're gonna get. We're gonna cash. Everybody's gonna be happy here. Now we're all just in a bad mood. Um, so anyway, also. I didn't watch the dunk contest. Sorry. I turned it off after the three-point contest. I didn't really care. Congratulations to Mac McClung. I will say, did you see what Shaq said to him before <laughs> the uh, before it? I didn't. I, I, I'm, I punted on the dunk contest as well. What did he say? So I just saw this on Twitter. So apparently Shaq was, I don't know if he was live streaming or whatever he was doing. 
but it clearly was like from a phone and he calls McClung over and he like puts the camera in his face and he essentially tells him nobody knows who you are so go let him know and I wanted to be like Shaq actually a lot of people know who Matt McClung is he's probably the most famous dude in the dunk contest but it was pretty good it's very Shaq-esque to just tell a dude to his face nobody knows who you are uh when in reality I think a lot of people know who Mac McClung is um all right so Awards races. Has he played in the NBA this year? McClung? McClung? Uh, I don't think so. I do not think he actually yeah. has a minute this year uh, in the NBA. I'll double check. I could have missed it somewhere along the way, but I don't believe that to be the case. No. No, he has not. Um, sorry about that. He's only played in two total games. Both of them were the 2021-2022 season. Can you guess one of the two teams that he played for? The Lakers. Yes, there you go. Good job. You knew that. that was he had job. a dunk. I guess he had an in-game dunk. It was against the Nuggets the final game last year. People were... Uh, rehashing it on Twitter. I yep. remember he was on the Lakers. So, but you know, like in baseball, the home run derby is mostly all stars. It's Soto, it's Harper. I don't know why they should just make it so like you have to be an all star. I don't like the average fan just not going to turn into to Sims and and KJ Martin. These guys they've never heard of. I know it's mm-hmm. sort of a you know old man yells at cloud. Back in my day, the dunk contest was better. It's just it's tough to market. It's tough to sell when it's these guys you never heard of. Yeah, well, like, and they're just they're holding on to the dunk contest because it was super popular back in the day. They don't want to get rid of it because they don't want to admit that it's dead. Um, so then you get stuff like this and McClung, I think what, what will is, and I said, we weren't going to do this, but we'll do this really quickly. What they need to do. And I think Elliot, was this your idea or somebody was talking to me about this is inviting some of these professional dunkers that they have that are out there. Like they're not NBA players, but they're professional dunkers. That would make it somewhat fun. Cause these guys are like uber athletic. They obviously like practice all this kind of stuff. Again, they're not NBA stars, but at least give you some highlights to put up on social media and a lot of stuff. And by the way, don't make it your premier event. Like they had it as the last one. I'm sure there were a lot of people like me that tuned out after the three-point competition because that's the one thing that a lot of people really do watch nowadays, and uh, maybe the ratings take a dip. But regardless, I don't care about the the slam-dunk competition. So let's talk about these awards because there's two awards that I think are really interesting. And like you mentioned it, we were talking about this off the air. There are quite a few that have you know, these favorites that seem pretty prohibitive, right? Nikola Jokic is a $2.50 favorite to an MVP. Jaron Jackson Jr., $1.90 favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mentioned a market that has a the wrong guy favored and i think that is six man of the year and i think this is a market that i've been keeping track of a lot of this year will because one i have a stake in it and i've got a preseason ticket on norm powell to win this thing but also because i think this is a market that odds makers and others have have i don't know what's been going on they have had no read on what is happening here in the run for this award for example at a good chunk of the season russell westbrook was the odds on favorite to win this thing and i was telling everybody as as often as i could he should not he's not going to win this thing he's down to like 20 to 1 some of that is liability now that he still sits in the top four but i also think that malcolm brogdon being a dollar 65 cent favorite is way off as well can you make the argument that brogdon should be favored sure at minus 165 when a guy like norm powell is averaging 18 points per game and closing out games for his team and the los angeles clippers is right behind him i would say absolutely not should he be the odds on favorite to this degree yeah we were talking off the air sometimes these markets are just like you said they're flat out wrong and you know go back to coach of the year in the nfl i said on the air with a couple weeks ago in the season when the giants were minus 1000 to make the playoffs and the lions were plus 200 Campbell was plus 175 to win coach of the year. And Dable was like 25, 30 to one. It's like, you're not going to win coach of the year if you don't make the playoffs. And, you know, I said at the time, I was like, I don't know who's going to win. I just know this market's off. And like you said, any market that had Westbrook as a prohibited favorite to win this award was clearly off. You hear some of the voters. If you listen to Zach Lowe's podcast, people were not only 
questioning it, uh, correcting it. They were just sort of mocking the odds. Right. Wait, Westbrook's the favorite. He can't shoot. He can't defend. He's this destructive player, and he's the Vegas favorite. So, you know, the, the old saying, Vegas knows. Vegas always knows everything. Sometimes Vegas is off, and I think this is a situation where Vegas is probably still off. They should probably be co-favorite, something along those lines. Now, you've missed the best number on Powell, but you know what? Sometimes just because you missed the best number doesn't mean you can't still get a good number. Plus 350 to me is still a decent number. Yep, I would completely agree with that uh, when it comes to Powell. And while Tyrese Maxey, I would just, the the word of caution I would throw out there with Tyrese Maxey uh, because it was brought up to me like, hey, he's averaging so many points per game. Sort the numbers for him as a starter compared to when he is coming off of the bench, right? Because a lot of the noise in his stats are when he was starting games at the beginning of the year. He's been, he's been, well, we'll call it a little less efficient as a bench player as opposed to a uh, starter. And his season-long numbers are not what you want to go off of. You want to go off of him as a bench player, and it has not really been the case. So while Maxi uh, is going to be up there, he might finish as a finalist given the the play here of six man and how weird this market is. I don't think that he's going to be able to win this award. So anyway. The other thing, and I'll go on a a mini rant here because I think you agree with me when it comes to this defensive player of the year market. And I want to say very clearly that Jaron Jackson Jr. is awesome and he should be in the conversation for best defensive player of the year um, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Having said that, you tell me what the massive difference is in his resume from this year to last year. I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast uh, with Kirk Goldsberry the other day. And he brought this up, which is, again, the issue for Jaron Jackson Jr. Last year, the reason why Jaron Jackson Jr. did not win this award is because he was averaging 3.5 fouls per game, only played 27.3 minutes per game, and couldn't consistently stay on the floor. As a defensive player, Will, you got to be able to stay on the floor. If I'm your best defensive player and I can't play more than 30 minutes a game, it screws you the rotations, it screws with our defense overall, it should limit your ability to win this award, and it's exactly what happened to him last year. Fast forward to this year, He's been great. Again, he's averaging one more block per game, 3.3 compared to 2.3 from a season ago. He's averaging one more rebound a game, okay? So he's been doing fine defensively. And even his on-court, off-court stuff, in terms of the way he improves their defensive rating, way better this year. He improved their defensive rating a season ago by 4.8 points per 100 possessions. This year, it's 9.3. But what I'm I'm kind of like flummoxed by, and this is more of like an issue with voting as opposed to Jaron Jackson Jr. himself this year, if he if his resume wasn't good enough to win it th- last year, what is the difference this year? The fouls are still an issue. The minutes are still an issue. We were looking this up. He would be, if he won this, the first player to average less than 30 minutes a game and win Defensive Player of the Year since Dennis Rodman back in 1989-1990. So if w- my whole thing is it's not that he doesn't deserve to win it. It's that voters drive you nuts. And they have this sliding scale of what holds players back and what doesn't. And last year, for some reason, the issues were he didn't he didn't do enough. The fouls were too big of a problem. He can't win this award. He's only going to get 11 first place votes. But this year, he's a runaway favorite to do it, even though the same issues that kept him from winning it last year are still right there for him. That was a very convincing and impassioned speech. I think you were a little more colorful in, in the commercial break when you sort of gave the well, same speech. When I'm allowed speech, to drop expletives? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a more entertaining one, but I completely agree with you. So where do we go for a bet here? I know I know you've referenced Zach Lowe's podcast, and they bring up Giannis. Yep. I'm seeing Giannis 30 to 1 in front of me. I don't know if that those are current odds. That seems like a hell of a price. What would you actually bet here? What would you pull the trigger on? I mean, on? I, I think you might go with Giannis because, again, like, and here's the other thing. Again, talking about voters as simpletons. There's going to be the people, Will, who think, 
well, yeah. I'm not going to vote Giannis for MVP, but I'll give him defensive player of the year, right? Like for, for whatever reason, like that's going to be the logic for some of these voters. So maybe that's going to be the way to go. And, and I, I, that's what I'm just saying here with Jaron Jackson Jr. It's he has been great. But it also does, like, my impassioned speech right there, I think it's also a little bit of a warning that maybe he's not the favorite that we think he is, just given the fact that those issues are the same, and there are voters now who are ta- or who are using their voice to express the fact that those issues are still at the forefront of their thought process. Right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, they, and these markets can be off. We saw last year Barnes was, was, wasn't really on the radar until very late, and he, he came up and he, and he stole the Rookie of the Year yep. award. So you, know, you can steal these awards late. Yeah, it's a great point. Or the year that uh, Julius Randle won Most Improved right. Player of the Year. Uh, at one right. point, Jeremy Grant was like minus 500 to win that award yeah. that year. And then sure enough, it was uh, Julius Randle who ran away with that thing. So those are the two markets, really. Coach of the Year is kind of a, a big deal, too. And we can talk about that maybe a little bit later in the program. When we come back, we have those 10 a.m. Pacific time starts in college basketball. So we'll give you some closing numbers there as we start to keep track of those and talk a little bit more about the big picture in college basketball and try to find which futures, if any, are worth jumping on now at this point. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 